Welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1984 film Ghostbusters minute by minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And today we are here to bring you minute number 27 of the film Ghostbusters. Brady, how are you doing today? Doing good. How about you? I'm doing pretty fantastic, and I still need to get my notes pulled up here, so just <laughs> give me one second. And there we go. We're up. So we got minute number 27 here, which... I'm going to say right off the top, this is a very dialogue-heavy minute. Yeah, very. This is a very dialogue and character-heavy minute, so there's no fun product placement to go <laughs> over. There's no special effects to talk about, anything like that. It's uh, Now, not to say it's a bad minute at all, but I'm just, I just want to warn everybody up front. There's going to be a lot of you and I talking about character interaction in this yeah. one. So, All right, well, without further holding it off anymore, do you want to go ahead and jump into minute number 27? Let's do it. Let's go ahead and do it. Minute number 27. Now, in the previous minute, Vang was checking out Dana's fridge. When the investigation returned no results, Dana got upset and walked out of her kitchen. Venkman followed her to the couch, telling her that all he has in his life is his work. Then minute number 27, Venkman is attempting to relate to Dana Barrett by telling her that she has the same problem that he has. Namely, she has no life beyond her work. At 2709, Dana Barrett confirms that they do both have the same problem. You. That, that being Venkman, not you, the listener. At 2715, Venkman tells Dana that he is going to go for broke and approaches her slowly. At 2720, Venkman tells her that he is madly in love with her. Dana responds by asking him to leave. At 2726, Venkman responds with, and then she threw me out of her life, as if narrating what is happening to himself. At 2732, as Venkman walks towards the door, Dana says, you are so odd. At 2734, Venkman stops in his tracks and turns around to Dana. Dana simply says, no. Venkman says, I've got it. Dana responds with, no, 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 no. At 27.43, Venkman tells Dana that he will prove himself to her. Dana tells him that is not necessary and pushes him back towards the door as he tells her that he will solve all of her problems. At 27.51, Venkman tells her that she will say, Pete Venkman is a guy who can get things done, and I wonder what makes him tick, and that she will be saying, I wonder if he is interested in what makes me tick. At 27.59, Venkman tells Dana that she will be thinking about him as she pushes him out of the door. So, again, a lot of dialogue in the scene. Yeah. Very dialogue, very character heavy. And let me say, he would be sued so fast yep. for acting this way. Yeah. This day and age. And, um, and what is funny about this is this the music makes this mm-hmm. scene, I think. Yeah. Because it's kind of got this light, fun, you kind of like the strings are no 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 like that. It, you know? it really tells you what to feel and if uh if without that music, then man. Yeah, without the music, it would be awkward and weird, yeah. and you wouldn't want to be making eye contact with these characters. No. With different music, this could very easily be the setup for a thriller movie. You know, like oh, this yeah. woman trying to get the stalker out of her apartment. Like, you know, this weirdo that's walking in here with some sort of device that he doesn't really understand what it's doing. Like, uh, it's very easily... This, this would be a really good exercise in editing and how music can completely drive... Uh, a scene and that if you were to take let's say music from a thriller or something like that and place it over the scene uh, with the same dialogue and everything it would be a completely different thing right completely so yeah it um do you remember a few years ago they had that meme going around where people would take movies and recut them they're they're uh, recut the footage to make a trailer that's kind of completely a different style of oh, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like The Shining just became Shining, a movie yeah. about a dad trying to reconnect with his must son. Must love Jaws. You must love Jaws. Yeah. yeah, those those were great. I that's always thought those were hilarious. Yeah. So just with this, if you dropped out this music and you put in like very foreboding strings, uh, strings, it could be like, oh, this guy's going to come back and you know try to chop up this woman later. <laughs> yeah. 
So, um, yeah. So what do you think about Venkman's behavior in this scene? Is it, is it, where, where, where does it come from? Because this, I've always had a little bit of trouble with this scene where it just kind of, it seems to come out of nowhere. Well, you know? he, you know, he's definitely not wasting any time and he does say, I'm going to go for broke. Right. So that's what he's doing. Uh, pulling out all the stops. It's almost a little too unrealistic for me. Yeah. A little, it's almost there. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I think when you hear people talk about characters that are doing things outside of their uh, normal driven motivation, for me, this is a little bit too far gone for even Peter Vankman at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like I think what he's saying is funny. That part's in character. The words that are coming out of his mouth are something he would say, but the motivation for him to kind of like on a dime turn like that was, I mean, he really had to feel that his back was completely up against the wall and he was about to lose Dana. If that was the case, he should have just said, okay, I'm going to turn off all my personal feelings and just treat this woman like a client. Yeah. Now, granted, you know, it seems almost like the screenwriters are like, okay, we're running out of time here. If we want to get this subplot up and going, we need to pull out some stops. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, again, it's a romantic comedy that can't be taken as seriously as, you know, a more realistic movie. Um, and that, and then, you know, but then again, it is a romantic comedy, so it can't be taken as seriously as a romantic drama, I guess. And, um,. So you got to kind of keep that in mind and and forgive it a little bit, yeah. if you will. I I don't think that's too far out of question, you know, to say. I mean, like of, of all the things I've seen characters do in movies that don't make sense to me, this is probably one of the least egregious. But at the same time, it is it, it is a moment in the movie that kind of sticks out to me. It's like why why is Peter doing this? And then he does a double down on it when he goes towards the door and he's like, no "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna prove it to you. You're gonna say I, that Peter Venkman, he's my guy, and you know." I, yeah. I don't know. Well, so a little bit more of the used car salesman aspect coming out of him right there. Yeah. You know, he's like seeing the deal go away. He's like, what do I have to do to get you in this car right now? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's really just driving, driving everything home right there very quickly. And I'm sure, you know, they were like, you know, what? screw it. Let's just go for it. Go all the way. Go big or go home. And let's uh, go for broke. Go for broke. So at this point, would you fault Dana if she pepper sprayed him? And kicked him out of the apartment, no. literally with her foot. No. If I were her, I'd rather deal with the monsters in my fridge. If my wife told me later, like, yeah, this guy came over to fix the air conditioner and told me he was in love with me, I would be like, oh, so then you called the cops, right? Or, you know, you stabbed him, and that's why I have to right. hide his body, right? <laughs> uh, because that's not the kind of thing any normal person says when they go over to someone's house. But then again, Peter Venkman's not a normal person. No, either. not at all. It's been established yeah. with this movie at this point that he is not. And this is probably his most, um, his strangest scene in the whole movie. Yeah. Maybe there's one later where he brings Thorazine to a date, but other than that, true that. Yeah, every time he goes over to Dana Barrett's apartment, bad things happen. Yeah, yeah, got to be careful. Oh, great. So, well, I guess that kind of wraps up minute number twenty. What minute are we on? Twenty-seven. <laughs> wraps up minute number twenty-seven. Unless you got anything else? No, that's it for me. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady, and we're here to remind you that death is but a door, time a window. We'll be back. Ghostbusters Minute is a fan-supported podcast. To become a patron of Ghostbusters Minute and gain access to exclusive weekly bonus content, visit us at patreon.com slash gbminute. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at ghostbustersminute at gmail.com and visit us online at ghostbustersminute.com, facebook.com slash ghostbustersminute, twitter.com slash gbminute, and look us up on Instagram at ghostbustersminute. Our theme song is Ectoplasm by Audionautics, which is licensed under the Creative Commons Attributions License.